0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billiken jumper. Yes! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's Sports Voice. KMOX.
1: Ignite locally for college basketball. Missouri gets tested for the first time as they had two Wichita for a game against Wichita State, Illinois. They play Syracuse. They should beat Syracuse. It's been a rough start for uh, Syracuse with losses, uh, a couple bad losses against uh, Colgate and Bryant. to talk all things college basketball. Very happy to uh, welcome on a uh, college basketball analyst for uh, CBS and CBSSports.com. He is Gary Parrish. You follow him on Twitter at Gary Parrish CBS. Gary, thanks so much for your time. How are you?
2: I'm great, man. Appreciate you having me.
1: Got to ask you this: you you put together uh, your daily college basketball rankings. Why do you do that to yourself on an everyday basis?
2: It's a perfectly reasonable question. <laughs> I used to when I first got this job. We would rank teams every Sunday night, and so that was the idea. Hey, the AP poll, coaches poll come out Monday morning, but we'll give the people updated rankings on Sunday night, and that'll make us the first rankings that publish in the week. And that was very successful in the of generating page views. And at some point, I don't even remember how many years ago it was, uh, one of my editors came to me and said, you know what we think is that we would do incredible numbers if you were to update these literally every morning of the season. <laughs> and I can tell you that it does do incredible numbers. Like the bang for the buck you get, Because I mean, it does take me real time. I write about a 350-word lead. I rank the teams. I have pretty basic comments about each team. I spend probably somewhere between an hour and two hours on it every single day uh, but the the return on investment for lack of a better phrase is is pretty significant like I could write the best column you could you could imagine related to any college basketball topic and it probably wouldn't do as well numbers wise as those rankings do every single morning so why do I do it it's it's because it it, it literally generates incredible amounts of page views um that my bosses appreciate but it does start to feel like a like a, a like a chore like every morning i gotta wake up you know brush my teeth and rank basketball team it's like very much a part of my routine
1: is it a daily thing where you hear from the fan base of a certain team that probably won the night before or the hey Paris, we, we that was a good win and you only raised us four spots what are you thinking You get a lot of that. The
2: one that's – and that's fine, like whatever. These things are obviously subjective. You know, should somebody move up four spots or six spots? I mean, we could debate it forever um, and never get anywhere. So it's a waste of time. Um, The one that is frustrating, the complaint I get more than anything else, is like a team plays on a Saturday. and They get a big win on a Saturday. So I move them up accordingly on Sunday. And then – Another team plays on Sunday. They get a big win. I moved them up Monday morning. And if you only look at Monday morning's rankings, it'll show that the team on Saturday stayed exactly where it was on Sunday. And somebody will say, well, we beat a a top-10 team, uh, and you didn't move us up. But this other team beat a top-20 team, and you moved them up seven spots. You know, that's, that's wildly inconsistent. What they don't recognize is they update these rankings every single day. Your big win on Saturday, that was uh, accounted for on, in Sunday's rankings. I don't account for it once again in Monday's rankings. Like you're already where you were supposed to be. You would think that like, literally putting it in all caps, these are daily rankings that upset, uh, update every day would would tip people off that, hey, if you want to see how much you moved after Saturday's win, you need to look at Sunday morning's rankings, not Monday morning's rankings. But I tell you, I get some version of what I've just explained
1: basically every single day. Gary Parrish, CBS Sports, continuing to join us. Uh, we're It's so much fun being in St. Louis right now with the Billikens doing what they're doing. They play Auburn this past Sunday. They lose that game by five at Auburn. It's a game that they shot four of 14 at the free throw line and they lose by five. And really that's a two point game. If not for, for the fouling late, I think you're in Memphis and slew played Memphis and beat them uh, earlier this year. Uh, what's kind of your takeaway of how good this Billikins team can be?
2: I always thought they would be good. I like ahead of to the top 30 of my rankings all off season. I mean, you look at the r- roster, you've got accomplished guys and the big X factor you know, accomplished guys who had already done it at the Division One level. And by done it, I mean, you know, proved themselves to be legitimate, high-major caliber college basketball players. The big X factor was obviously um, uh, Javante Perkins because he was coming off such a serious injury. And you just don't know what somebody's going to look like after missing so much time. And I think it's fair to to say that he's been a little less than what he was pre-injury. You know, field goal percentage down a bit, shots per game down a bit. But that's not to be unexpected, particularly in, in November of the comeback season. Ultimately, I think he's going to get back to where he was. And then when you just look at the other guys on the roster, this is a team that I I think should not be sweating out Selection Sunday. You know, right now, you know, five and two. And you don't like getting blown out by Maryland. Like, that was both disappointing and surprising. But you know Maryland six and zero heading into tonight's game at Louisville, ranked in the top twenty-five, and that means right now Slew has got two losses, both to to currently ranked teams. They got wins over a Memphis team that I think is going to finish second in the AAC, and over a Providence team that is, you know, typically rock solid under Cooley. So the resume is, is 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 pretty sound right now, and really as long as they just don't fall apart for whatever reason in the Atlantic Ten. They're going to be safely on the right side of the bubble. But that is, you know, the challenging thing about playing in a league like the A-10. You know, if you play in a league like the Big 12, the challenging thing is you got to play a real team every night. But the good part of that is, you know, your wins are quality wins and your losses are quality losses. When you get into the A-10 portion of the schedule, most of their games are only going to be games that can hurt them, not necessarily help them. And it becomes very difficult for coaches to, to 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 walk that 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 line where, man, we got to win every game just about, or else we take a bad loss according to the selection committee. So as long as they can avoid that, they'll be fine. But obviously, they will have to avoid that.
1: This question might sound very different if I were to ask it a month from now after they play their game tonight against Wichita State, in addition to games against Kansas and Illinois coming up, but. Missouri's undefeated. I I didn't have expectations for them going into the season, but they're they're undefeated. I haven't played a whole lot, but uh you look at their roster and you see some guys there like it, it feels like maybe this team can be a little bit better than the expectations going into the year. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes. And all of the compu- computers do as well. One of the things I noticed in the preseason once Kinpom unveiled its preseason rankings, com had its preseason rankings is that Missouri was a little higher in those than I would have anticipated. And um, what that suggests is that Dennis has done uh, just an incredible job of of remaking that roster in one offseason. It's why I think Louisville fans, for one, are frustrated with what's happened with that program with a new coach because what Kenny Payne or anybody – um, you know, rationalizing what's happening at Louisville right now, and for people who don't know, Louisville's 0-6, probably about to be 0-7 tonight, and will become just the second power conference team in the past 40 years to start a season 0-7. It's really, really bad. And what people defending or rationalizing Kenny Payne would say is, hey, he inherited a mess. But with the transfer portal and the one-time transfer waiver, you can really remake a roster very, very quickly And and, and you know, that, that is what Dennis was, was able to do. I think seven of the top eight scores at Missouri right now are newcomers who were obtained via the transfer portal. So there are no excuses. And, and Dennis understood that when he took the job and, and went out and got the work. And now you've got a team that is ranked 37th at Ken Palm. Like, you know, if you're in the top 40 at Ken Palm on Selection Sunday, you are almost always going to be an NCAA tournament team. And so, obviously, the SEC is incredibly difficult and incredibly deep. So we'll see how it goes. But you literally could not have gotten off to a better start. And based on the computer numbers alone, this is a team that I think has realistic aspirations to play in the NCAA tournament.
1: So comparing the two, Gates to Payne, and I think it's an interesting comparison. Is this where bringing in a guy who is a mid-major coach? Because when you're at Cleveland State – all, you're going to lose a bunch of kids who think they should be power five players and you're going to bring in a bunch of kids who don't succeed at, at the power five level that's the life of a mid-major coach and it happens every single season having that skill set as a coach and as a recruiter does that maybe bring more value to a rebuild than a Payne, whose his college experience has come at big time programs that can go get anybody and maybe has a little bit of an nba experience in there as well
2: I think it's certainly possible. I guess the, the one thing I would point out is that when you get into conversations about guys who are successful hires, either quickly or eventually, you can find any example to fit whatever point you're trying to make. So right now, if you're trying to say, man, Louisville, you should have known better hiring a guy who had never been a head coach, well then, and had only ever worked at, at you know at a big time program, and maybe didn't know how to rebuild a roster. Then the counter to that is Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, mm-hmm. who had only ever been an assistant coach, had only ever worked at a big time program, got the job at Arizona, remade the roster, got a one seed last year, and looks like he might do it again. If you start saying, "Well, that's what you do," then like Tommy Lloyd, you hire assistants who understand how to recruit at the highest level. Uh, because, like, you know, look at Tommy Lloyd, and then you point to Kenny Payne and say, well, that's who that guy was. I think ultimately it, it just comes down to individuals. Like, uh, I, I can show, you know, John Calipari became a Division One head coach when he was either in his late 20s or early 30s, and he was awesome. That doesn't mean that every young coach will be awesome. Brad didn't become a Division One head coach until I think he was 59 years old, and he's great. But that doesn't mean plucking some 59-year-old who's never been a head coach before um, is a smart thing to do. It really just comes down to does the guy you hired have the goods? And the best thing working for Dennis was that he had already proven to not only understand how to navigate you know, the transfer portal and, and, and remake rosters, but get a track record of winning. And the guy was winning college basketball games, and um, it, it, it seemed like a totally reasonable – higher when missouri made it and i bet you mizzou fans are are thrilled with the way it's going so far
1: last question for gary Parrish from cbs sports illinois playing syracuse tonight just one loss this year against the virginia team that was ranked number 16 you look at that roster you see the addition of a terrence shannon jr who is scoring 20 plus points per night man I, I, i don't see the holes in this illinois team they're really good
2: they are really good. And Terrence Shannon, like in, in that multi-team event had one game where he just like looked like a player of the year candidate. He was terrific. Um, the the issue with an uh, Illinois, it, it, and this isn't an issue. It's just that they play in a league where I think there's a lot of teams that are pretty close in capabilities. Um, you know, uh, Michigan State has has uh, already a, a big win on its resume. Purdue just went uh, to Portland and blasted Gonzaga and blasted Duke. Um, I think Michigan is better than what it's shown so far. Indiana is still undefeated. Ohio State, um, you know, is going to be a top twenty-five caliber team under Chris Holtman, you know, a- every single year. You know that that league, like you can be good. And finish ninth. Yeah. And and so that's the that's the thing that, you know, I, I think you could reasonably take the top seven or eight in the Big Ten and put them not in any order, but in a lot of different orders. And so I guess I'd bottom line it this way. When I watch Illinois, I see the same things you see. I see a team that could absolutely win the Big Ten. I also see a team that could finish sixth or seventh in the Big Ten, but still be one of the 30 best teams in the country. There's a lot of, of, of high-level high-quality basketball teams in that league, and absolutely Illinois is one of them, and it's going to be a fun conference race to watch unfold.
1: He is Gary Parish. You can uh, follow him on Twitter, read him at com, check out his daily rankings, and then yell at him when he doesn't uh, <laughs> move your team up enough. Gary, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we can uh, catch up again in the future. I look forward to that. Take care, man. You bet. There's Gary Parish. Uh, at Gary Parish, CBS, by the way, his Twitter handle, if you want to uh, follow him. I can't imagine waking up every morning and putting together two hours of updating my rankings on a daily basis. Good on him. That's, that's, that's tough work to do, and I just know he hears it from people every day. You moved us up three spots, but last week you moved this team up. What are you doing? Yeah, that, that's the life that Gary Parish lives. So we appreciate him taking a little bit of time with us. As always, if you want to join the program, you can do so. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. We'll talk more college basketball again. Missouri, Illinois. They've got some big ones tonight. slew back in action coming up tomorrow here on KMOX. This is Sports Open Line.